people get known for things. It's true of churches as well. You might call it a reputation. And Faith City Church, it's been around for over 90 years now. It could be known for being around a long time, and it, and it is. Um, as a church, we could be known for, for great music, and, and we have great music. We, we could be known for community connection through building use and having different organizations come in and use this facility. And, and we're known in the community for that and for, for opening it up for, for everyone to use. We could be known for welcoming and being welcoming and friendly. Well, every church in the city would hope to be known to, to be welcoming and friendly. But for me, personally, and, and as the pastor here, I... I just want to be known as a church where people encounter God, where people encounter the presence of the living God. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 24 to 25, Paul, he was a key leader in the early church. He was writing to the church in Corinth, and, and he'd, been, he'd been rapping on this appropriate behavior when people were encountered the Holy Spirit and when they were uh, touched in a powerful way by the Spirit and, and, and being appropriate in how they, they interacted with each other. And, and he makes specific um, reference to moving when, when they're speaking in prophecy and things are happening, uh, when there's visitors in their midst, when there's people that are seeking come and, and see that. And, and one of the things that it says is, if someone is there and searching for God and, and they show up, they'll be deeply impacted and moved to worship God and, and, and even to call out to him and explain God is really among you. And that's quoted in, in 1 Corinthians. And I want people to say that about Faith City Church. I want people to come in and say, God is really among you. The, the power of the presence of God among his people is so powerful. Um, and for clarity, the church is not a building. I'm not necessarily talking about being in a building. We, we haven't met in a building for over two months now. And, and what I mean is that when I talk about people encountering the presence of God, I, I'm referring to God in us, the, the hope of glory, the, the presence of God that, that shows up and makes himself known when we worship together, even if it's over the internet. I'm talking about the supernatural, life-changing, powerful, tangible spirit of God in his people. Church isn't just a chance for people to encounter good music, a message, and great production. Church is a chance for people to come together and collectively encounter the powerful, life-changing, life-giving presence of Almighty God and be encouraged, empowered, and transformed in His presence. Over the next few weeks, I want us to consider what it is to encounter God and why it's important. This is going to be, I know, very foundational, very basic stuff, but I think it's worth exploring together. And, and, for, and for some, it may be a reminder of those early days when you first began to believe. For others, this might be something new, but I believe it has value for all of us as we, as we look into this over the next few weeks. So first of all, faith is needed to encounter God. 
I mean, Faith City Church, it's, it's part of our name. Faith is our foundation. Church is our mission. And, and no, <laughs> faith is our foundation. City is our mission. And church is who we're called to be. I can't believe I messed that up with the number of times I've said it. Faith is our foundation. City is our mission. And church is who we're called to be. <laughs> So when we think about that, faith being our foundation, Hebrews 11:6 6 says this, and without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that, that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is, it's foundational. It's so important. If you're not a Christian, you might think that that rules you out. But I would argue that the fact that you're even here listening to this today, listening to this message is, is evidence that, that deep down inside there's some sort of a question about God and spirituality. Now that question brings us to the edge. Faith allows us to step from that edge into the unknown and believe that God will be there to meet us. That's what this, this scripture is saying. It's like you have to believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. I actually really believe that the veil between us and the divine is much thinner than we sometimes realize. So I pray that you don't tune me out, that stay with me. This is, this is good. This is life-changing stuff. So, so stick with us. But how? How do we encounter an invisible God? I mean, I think there's lots of ways. There's something that theologians call general revelation. And that's this uh, concept of, of God being displayed in what is created. There's, it's mentioned in Romans 1.20. It really kind of sums this up where it says, Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen being understood by, uh, from what has been made so that men are without excuse. It's, it's God revealed in creation. Uh, if we look at the book of Psalms, David writes in Psalm 19 in the Old Testament, some Hebrew poetry here. Psalm 19 verses one and two says this. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they, pay, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they re reveal knowledge. I mean, it's beautiful poetic language. It doesn't mean that clouds and stars can, can actually vocalize words, but something resonates in our hearts when we, when we witness the splendor and magnitude of God's creation. And, and it speaks to us. And what Christians believe God is, is the creator, so we believe it is God speaking. Creation is not God, but God can be seen in creation. So that's something tangible, but we have to remember, by very nature, God is spirit. Now, that may be, seem way too obvious, like, it's kind of a duh, yeah, well, of course God is, 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 is spirit. 
But as humans, we sometimes struggle with that. We try to figure out what to, to do with that. We, we're so enthralled with the created, the tangible, that what we can see, that we, that we miss the creator. We're, we're so obsessed with our natural experience that, that, when we, that we can't comprehend the supernatural. You know, it's, it's ironic because as soon as we step into the realm of the supernatural, many people get nervous. I mean, it's like, uh-oh. Pastor Glenn is getting weird. You know, it was like those Pentecostals were a bunch of spooky lunatics. Like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not talking about weird. And for the record, there's, there's lots of people out there that are weird that aren't even close to being Pentecostal. So, no, I'm talking about recognizing that there is more to life than the five senses. There's more to life than, than, what, we can, than what we can touch, smell, taste, see. I'm convinced of this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10, and then, and then verse 13 and 14, it says this. 1 Corinthians 2, 10. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And then verse 13 says, This is what we speak, not, not words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit doesn't accept these things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolish and, and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Spirit. So if our approach to God is purely cerebral, then we'll miss the spiritual reality that's in our midst. We, we, we miss one of the, the huge aspects of God. I mean, in the, in the, in the Gospel of John in the New Testament, there's an account of, of Jesus having a conversation with a Samaritan woman at a well. Now, Jews and Samaritans, they, they did not associate with each other. They, they did not get along well at all. Jews, uh, mostly because of differences in opinion about religious practices that each one had. To make it more interesting... It was not socially acceptable for a man to engage with a strange woman in this culture either. But Jesus, Jesus was on a mission. He was focused. This was the makings of a God encounter for this woman and later as you read the story for this whole city as she brings the people that she knows to Jesus. Jesus crossed cultural barriers. Jesus crossed social barriers. Jesus crossed gender barriers in order to bridge a divide between God and this woman. It just indicates the length of that Jesus, that God will go to bring himself to people and people to himself. The lengths that he will go to reach out to us. So in this story, if we pick it up in John chapter 4, verses 22 and 24, Jesus says to this woman, he says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. He's, he's addressing part of this, this uh, opinion, difference of opinions that they have between where to worship and what's appropriate. And, and he says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We, as Jews, we worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
God is, is spirit and he seeks worshipers. I love that. It doesn't, it doesn't say that he seeks a form. It doesn't say that he seeks a certain kind of music. It's, he seeks people. He seeks worshipers who will worship in spirit and in truth. For me, it's important because it takes it from religion to relationship. It, it, it takes it from, from a certain practice or doing things a certain way to, to transformation. This woman was transformed by her encounter. It takes it from, from words on a page to, to transformation in her hearts. There's an aspect of God and, and a relationship with him that is just so beyond us. It's bigger than us. It's, it's beyond explanation. There is truth that we can know about God, and we find that in the scriptures, and that's important. It's foundational. I mean, it's essential, but, but there's more than that. There, there's this, this great video on YouTube that I stumbled across. I don't even know how I found it, but I, I, and it, it's about visitors to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in, in Hollywood, California. There's, there's uh, Tussauds there. And people can go there and they can, they can go and visit and see their, their favorite actors in, in, cost, you know, in character and, and walk amongst them. These, these statues, these, these you know, mannequins, whatever you want to call them, are exact replicas of the real thing. Like right down to the finest detail. Looking at them, it's, it's difficult not to know that they're just figures. Well, this video, the real... Arnold Schwarzenegger in, in character poses as a statue and then he interacts with, with the visitors and, it, and it's hilarious when he, they're expecting him to be a statue and he moves and he speaks and they're startled. Well, the statues have all the appearance of a person but no breath, no life. Religion has all the information but no life, no, no relationship, no breath, no spirit. For the visitors at Madame Tussauds, their encounter with the real living, breathing Arnold will not soon be forgotten. Well, what I'm talking about when encountering the true and living God, that's not dead religion. It, it's an encounter that you're not apt to forget either. It's, it's unapologetically experiential. There's something powerful in it. I'm speaking from personal experience here. I grew up in a church. I, I, I went to church when I was a child right up through. I, I've heard the, the messages preached. I've, I've sung the hymns. I, I've, I've known all those different things. I knew about the do's and don'ts of my religion. And I had a knowledge of who God was. And I realize now looking back, much of that knowledge of who God was, was framed as much by culture as it was by the Bible. But nonetheless, that was my concept of who God was. And, and during those early years of my life, like right up through to my teenage years, I had a knowledge of, of who God was, but I very rarely actually experienced God. Maybe a few times I brushed up against the presence, presence of God, but... There came a time in my teenage years where I had an encounter. I had an experience with the, the presence and the spirit of God that, that changed me forever. It left a mark on my soul. 
And because of that, it became so real to me. Suddenly God was real. Suddenly what I read, the stories in the Bible became real. It just meant something to me. I had a God encounter. And it, and it changed the trajectory of my life that ultimately has brought me to the point of speaking to you here today. Now, that doesn't mean that my path was straight. It, it doesn't mean that there was never times when I wandered or wandered. It, it doesn't mean that things looked good to everyone in my life as far as how my life was from that point on. But I'll never forget the, that day. And that's been rekindled many times over subsequent God encounters that have happened through my life. It was supernatural and it was so real to me. Now, I think most people want to encounter God. But what many of us don't realize is that God wants to encounter us to the point where he initiates that transaction. I mean, God, cre God initiated that creation. We can read in, in Genesis 1.1 how, how God created Adam and God created Eve and how Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. That he was created for companionship and they, and they had that beautiful uh, uh, relationship with God. It was like there was nothing between them and God. And that was broken with the fall. When sin came in through Adam and Eve and they sinned and they broke that relationship. After that, God, like the whole Old Testament is really the story of God reaching out to, to humanity and trying to, to bring that back into right relationship. And then we through the prophets and so many other things and we bring that into the new testament and that's where jesus comes on the scene and that's where we begin to see that that god sent jesus to reconcile us to himself to restore that relationship you know so many religions are are people trying to strive and find a way to get to god christianity is unique in that it is god through jesus trying to get to us god seeks us God seeks me. God seeks you today. Jesus said when he was telling about why he's even here, he said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. You see, salvation is the ultimate God encounter. It's that moment when we recognize Jesus as our savior. We recognize God and we recognize and we receive the means by which God allows us to be in relationship with him. It's through Jesus. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world, God so loved humanity, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And John 17, 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus, whom you've sent. See, our desire and our intention at Faith City Church is for people to encounter the divine, to encounter God. It looks different for different people. But we want people to meet God through Jesus and the person of the Holy Spirit in a personal and meaningful way. It's the, it's the idea of moving past knowing about God and experiencing and encountering him personally. It's about relationship with our creator. 
And I believe it's the heart of God for every person born on this planet. I don't know where you're at here this morning in your journey, your spiritual journey. You may have attended church for years or maybe you've never actually set foot in a physical church building. That doesn't change the fact that God loves you and desires to have that encounter, to have a real relationship with you. And that relationship is not dry religion, trust me. It's meant to be vibrant and alive and life-changing and real. It's a spiritual journey. It's through and through, it's a spiritual journey. And it's by faith from beginning to end. You know, for those of you who've been walking with God for a while, my prayer for you this week is that you will have a fresh encounter experience with God by his spirit. That, that, though, you've, that though it's happened before, that you would have something fresh. And so I encourage you this week, set aside some time to pray to seek God because I believe that he wants to encounter you even more than you want to encounter him. For those who may be new to this, maybe, maybe this is all news to you. My prayer for you is that you would allow God to draw you to his heart, that you would not just know about Jesus, but that you would encounter him in a life-changing way and that you would receive him as your friend, as your personal savior, that's found in coming to him, surrendering your life to him, and receiving forgiveness from him, and the freedom that's found in him. So don't just take my word for it. I pray that you would experience it for yourself. So I just want to take a minute and pray before we go back into worship. And so the first people I want to pray for is, is those who need a fresh encounter. God, I thank you for your love and grace. I thank you, God, that you desire, Lord, to encounter us more than we even wanted to encounter you. So, Lord, I pray for those, Lord, that, that may even be in a place of dryness, maybe even in a place of religion, maybe in their walk with you, they're, they're like the statues in the wax museum. It's like it all looks good, but there's no real life in it. God, I speak life. I speak a refreshing, Lord. I speak a touch of your spirit that brings to life some things in people's lives again. And just that encounter with you would just continue to reinforce the relationship with you, oh God. And now I want to, I want to pray for those. I want to pray a prayer of salvation for you. Maybe you're here and you're hearing this and, and you, you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior or you just know that you're far from him. It's as simple as, as reaching out to God through Jesus and saying, you know, Jesus, I recognize that I'm far from you. I have sinned, I'm, I'm, I'm broken. And Jesus, I come to you admitting that I'm broken and praying, God, that through Jesus, you would bring healing, you would, you would bring salvation to my heart, that you would save me, that you would forgive me and you would accept me. And that God, I just, I just wanna walk with you. I wanna walk this journey with you, Jesus. If you pray something similar to that, if you would reach out to him, it doesn't have to be complicated, it just has to be heartfelt. I believe Jesus will meet you there. 
And if, if you've prayed that kind of a prayer today, just could you let us know? You can make a comment in, in the chat section and, and let us know that you made that decision. Or you can go on our website, faithhalifax.org, and, and you can go to, if you, if you look and you go to f the Faith Next tab and then the next steps, there's a place there that says follow Jesus. And we'd love to follow up with you and continue to pray with you and help you on this journey. I guarantee it's the best decision you'll ever make. So God bless you. Have a great week. I pray it's full of God encounters for every one of you.